was one of those positive affirmation people. I watched The Secret like 10 times and I made room in my wardrobe for a partner and I only slept on this side of the bed because you wanted to attract your other half into your life. I even went to this feng shui lady that told me I was wearing the wrong colour of my undies and so I had to always wear like the red or the bright colour. But also she gave me this little exercise. <laughs> like I went to every single extreme to try and find someone. I Well, welcome everybody to our extra special, you weren't expecting it, Valentine's Day episode of the Relationships Done Different podcast. Wait, no, that's the Muppet Show. Well, today, uh, here we are with your four beautiful, lovely, talented, and insightful hosts, myself, Mr. Christopher Hughes, Miss Paula Peralta coming to you from Los Angeles. Whee! Melanie Mead coming all the way from across the pond in Ireland. And Ms. Justine McKell in Chattanooga, Tennessee, but originally Sydney, let's be honest. <laughs> so Valentine's Day, folks, contentious, contentious issue started off if uh, for some of us, maybe very sweet and simple in primary and elementary school. Do you remember you used to get Valentine cards and give them out to everyone in your class, make sure no one felt left out. And then dating got involved. And will I have a Valentine? Will I not? Will I be loved or will I be discarded? So I started reading about the origins of Valentine's Day. And before we launch into this discussion, I just wanna read this to you. So Valentine's Day is a time to celebrate role romance and love and kissy face fealty. But the origins of this festival of candy and cupids are actually dark, bloody, and a bit muddled. Though no one has pinpointed the exact origin of the holiday, one good place to start is ancient Rome, where men hit on women by, well, hitting them. On February 13th to 15th, the Romans celebrated the feast of Lupercalia, the men sacrificed a goat and a dog and then whipped women with the hides of the animals they had just slain. The Roman romantics were drunk and they were naked, a historian from the University of Colorado has said, and a young woman would actually line up. They loved it. They would line up for the men to hit them with these bloody animal skins. They believed that this would make them fertile. So, Valentine's Day. I can tell you different countries, different places have strange traditions around Valentine's Day. I used to live in Seoul, Korea, and on February 14th, the tradition was girls gave things to the boys. And then on March 14th, one month later, it was the boys' turn to give things to the girls. And then one month after that, they had a holiday called, it was about... Well, there's this particular dish called jajangmyeon, which is a black bean noodle dish. And it's really just black noodles. And it was a celebration two months after Valentine's Day for all the people who didn't have a Valentine, they would go and eat black noodles and be miserable. Oh dear. <laughs> I think you got left out. <laughs> yeah, in the States, we call that Singles Awareness Day, which is actually also Valentine's Day, <laughs> as it turns out. 
You know, being in the States now, it's so interesting how significant Valentine's Day is because I feel like in Australia it's like, yeah, you, can, you know, it's nice. My dad used to give us, a, the girls and the family, um, a Valentine's Day present, just flowers and chocolate, and it was really, really sweet. But over here, my daughter's only four, and it's such a big deal at their school. I didn't know as a parent, she came home last year with all these presents for Valentine's Day and we were meant to give to her class presents for Valentine's Day. So it's just, it's so interesting how in different countries it plays out differently, but it's also so significant. Unreal. Yeah. What are your guys' history with Valentine's Day? Love it, hate it, actually love it, but say you hate it. Um, I, I don't have like a, I, ooh, I feel like I should, but I don't really have a strong point of view one way or the other. Um, I will say that one of the things that I hate is living in Los Angeles. Like all of the menus, um, on Valentine's day at my favorite restaurants are prefix. And that is like, not my, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but like, it's basically like a fixed menu. And so you can't even order the things that you actually love. So if you go to this restaurant on like the special occasion, you have to get whatever it is that they serve you. So that's not fun for me. <laughs> so that's like my association with Valentine's day. It's like, take me out on February 13th or February 15th. Just don't take me out on February 14th where I have to get like someone where someone tells me what I have to order instead of me just choosing it. We have the same. And then you have a certain window you can sit and eat in the restaurant. So it's in and out. Like there's no nothing easy, nothing relaxing. It's overcrowded. Flowers are more expensive on that day. Now I'll never say no to nice gifts showing up at my door. But it's the same thing. It's kind of like it, it kind of takes the fun out of it somewhat. Yeah. And I, I do feel like in the past, like my partners have always um, been really great about like bringing me flowers or just like little, like we've always exchanged little gifts of like, oh, I was out and I saw this thing, like I gave it to you. And so when it comes to Valentine's day, it wasn't really like, I think it's cute and sweet and I love the hearts and flowers. And I think it's kind of fun, but um, it just was never like a, it was never really a thing. Cause Listen, if you're going to be with me, you're going to be treating me like a queen all the days. <laughs> I guess for me, I grew up like I was single for such a long time before I met my husband. And Valentine's Day for me at the time, before I knew the relationship done different tools, was really highlighting how single and miserable I was. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if we can talk a little bit about creating a relationship with you. Like if you are single and you do want to get into a relationship, like, what tools could we give to someone that doesn't highlight a day that like you're single? <laughs> like, can you buy yourself flowers instead or take yourself on a date? I think totally you can. Like if you, if there's any fans out there of RuPaul's Drag Race, at the end of every episode, RuPaul always says, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? And there's so much wisdom in that. The way I would put that for our gentle listeners out there is <laughs> You can only receive that which you're willing to give to yourself. It's like we, those who are looking for a relationship and would love to have one, we, we look for this person to come along so often and complete us or give us something we think we lack as though that will then make us whole. But you really have got to be willing to give yourself whatever it is you think you lack or, or you've got to be willing to, instead of seek the validation from somebody else, be for you that which gives you value, gives you purpose, 
and sees the greatness and gift of you. No one else will or can until you do. I love that. And I think it's so true. And also like, even to your, like your point, Justine, I was single, like, you know, and I've been single for most of adulthood, like, you know, so I was, I was married for a while, but it was like that relationship lasted for like five years, start to finish. So um, what I will say is as a single person, I understand what you're saying, Chris, but I would love to hear from you. Like, what's the first step to that? So yeah, like love yourself, treat yourself, all that stuff. But it's like, if I am just desperately single and miserable, like what is like, what's something I could do pragmatically in order to like create or build or really, I mean, any of you guys. Mm. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is most people, when you're single and desperately seeking a relationship, you try to figure out why or you try to figure out what's wrong with you that no one wants to be with you. Like, is it my body? Do I need to go on a diet or go to the gym? Or am I too needy? Or, you know, like there's always, you know, when you read the cover of Cosmo, there's like the headlines, the little teaser grabs. One's always about sex and one's always about finding the man of your dreams. And they try to give you these tips of what you need to change and fix. What if there was nothing wrong with you, though? What if actually it wasn't about changing or fixing anything about you, but instead we talked about those five elements of intimacy and the number one element that I love talking about is allowance. Mm -hmm. If you actually had allowance for you and what that what allowance is, is having no point of view, like nothing is wrong with you, but also nothing is right about you. Everything just is. And when you have that kind of equanimity with who you be, there's you there's so much peace in your world. So you're not trying to fix anything because nothing's wrong, but you're also not look, looking for the things to make you right. Like so many people, they lean on, say, positive affirmations to go, this is what's great about me. <laughs> but every time you try and reinforce what's great about you, you're like giving more power to what you think is there's there's this <clears throat> built into that is this polarity do you know what i'm saying that did so rings a bell because i was one of those positive affirmation people i watched the secret like 10 times and i made room in my wardrobe for a partner and i only slept on this side of the bed because you wanted to attract your other half into your life I even went to this feng shui lady that told me I was wearing the wrong color of my undies. And so I had to always wear like the red or the bright color, but also she gave me this little exercise. <laughs> like I went to every single extreme to try and find someone. I, on a full moon, I had to walk around um, leaving petals of roses back to my house. And I remember like at night, going, I am such a lunatic. What the fuck am I doing? Like, and just leaving them all along the way, placed it on one motorbike just near our house too. And I think I heard a rustle in the bush or a guy coming out. I just ran home. But I was like, really like, please let me find someone. <laughs> That's how desperately single I was. Um, but I so wish I had these tools. Like I love what you said about allowance. And, and I really thought something was wrong with me. Like I didn't have blonde hair or whatever it was. I'm still living at home. Um, and I, I just didn't know why I couldn't find someone or why my friends wouldn't set me up. But yeah, these other tools like um, the five elements of intimacy. So the vulnerability, the honor, the trust, the allowance, the gratitude. Like I think for me, the gratitude is a really big part of this. Like if you don't have that with yourself, which is kind of like the allowance, um, 
it is hard for someone to have that towards you. Like, so I would say if you are single, that would be one of the big first steps, whatever it takes, just try and get into that gratitude and write it out. Like, even if it's not feeling good, but just do it until it becomes it kind of. Is there any other, like... Can you expand on that though? Like when you say gratitude for you or gratitude, what does that actually look like? Because I think some people out there gratitude for them is the same as positive affirmation but what is gratitude actually does does anyone want to ask what it is or for them or I think well just for me in general it's I guess not going to that wrongness and stopping it every time and just going actually I am okay and I do like myself and just starting off the small like if I'm I'm grateful for that I can get up out of the bed and have two feet on the floor okay all right just start small and then like gratitude, like Dr. Dane here always says, gratitude grows things really. And you can't have judgment in gratitude. So I think it's just like little baby steps. Um, and even if you, for me, it's like, even if I go into the mirror and start judging myself, I'm like, okay. I like have, I now I stop it and I don't make it wrong. I'm just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you guys, you Paul or Melanie get into that yeah. state. No, I love that because it's a reminder too, like when you're talking about it of, you know, like you're single, I need a relationship or my body isn't right. And we have so many things going for us and so many, you know, like wonderful people or we've created so many amazing things. Yet we actually look at I'm single or, you know, I don't have this or I don't have that. And we put such a focus on what's not there or why we don't have it. Another thing that shows up, too, is when people ask you why you're single. Have you been trying what and people give you all these tips and stuff and you go into all these this kind of like sometimes a bother of like trying to make like. I'm actually okay. I'm fine. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it gets really weird. But the gratitude thing is huge because there's so much more to life. Like, you know, some people might, you know, you know, have the best relationship in the world and be so romantic and and sorry, like, but like they could die or something. You know what I mean? It's kind of like nothing's promised to you forever. So it's to enjoy every moment that you have, be it single be it you know uh, with someone or you know whatever the story may be like I like for me the analogy is, is being a mom or something like things change and move so fast over the years from kids latching on to you to like you're wondering where they are on the other side of the world and they actually make it home okay like life moves and it changes and for some weird reason when we look at something like this it becomes very static mm. and it doesn't really allow you know any movement so I love that you use gratitude because it is that thing that there's so many wonderful things there and this is an addition to your life and um so it's not that you know there's anything wrong with you it's just you know we haven't you know found what actually matches what you're asking for yet and sometimes we do have to do a little bit of you know looking inwards to what Christopher said at the start what we're not willing to receive or be for ourselves before we can actually have that in because what kept ringing in my head at the start when Christopher was talking was just that movie the line you complete me you know, like you know, <laughs> broken and now we're fixed and together. <laughs> you like that one, Christopher, don't you? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. how many people do that, though? They look at their partner as though they're going to provide and be everything for you. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure, isn't it? it is. Well, that's the yeah. other thing, too, because at the start you were on about like single people on Valentine's Day and they feel single. And I wonder, too, with people that are in relationship on Valentine's Day when they don't get what they want, when, you know, <laughs> they didn't get the right amount of flowers or the person didn't express it in the right way is their relationship doomed so there's a lot of ways we kind of again fix and look at how things should be rather than really appreciating the difference of everyone and how they actually add to our lives 
Yeah. And if you are feeling lonely, I just like one of the basic tools of access consciousness where the relationship done different tools come from is like, who does it belong to? So whose loneliness are you picking up on as well? Like, is it actually even yours? Yeah. And, well, and, and alongside with that, sorry, just to jump in here with the whole, the whole significance of Valentine's day, like we're told this is a holiday we're supposed to care so much about and it means so much and it's so important and it's 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 everything if you have a valentine who loves you and if you don't but is that even your point of view or is that just the culture that you're in and everyone tells you you're supposed to care about it do you actually care about it well, and that's what I was going to say with all of this is like, <clears throat> and I, I once heard someone Melissa say, like, if you say you want a relationship and you don't have a relationship, like you don't actually want a relationship. And I remember for years being like, what? No, like, that's not a thing. It's, it's like, you're talking crazy and I didn't get it. And I, I think I'm getting it even more in the context of this conversation where it's like, if you, the, who does it belong to is such a game changer because really like you could walk out your door and find somebody that will get into a relationship with you. <laughs> like, And that's, I mean, that's just the reality. And I, I didn't even always know that or really believe it, but like, I know it to be true. Like, and, and so it's one of those things where if you're like, quote unquote, desperately single, or you're like, you've tried everything or, you know, it's like, there actually may be a space where you maybe don't want a relationship and that's okay but you got to be willing to look at that in order to change it. So if you're not willing to look at that, there's somewhere in your life that you may not want a relationship. Like it's all, you're always going to be stuck. And I love what you said, Mel, about like relationships, weirdly, especially like on Valentine's day or these significant dates, like they get very static when what relationships and different actually is, is this space where like every day you wake up and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen today, but like, let's see, I'm choosing it. Let's go for it. Mm. These these tools are so brilliant, aren't they? Like, just if I had that tool to even ask one question at the time that I was so single, do I actually really want a relationship? It's so bloody easy to ask, and and no, I probably didn't because I didn't create one, right? But I was just like, it was everyone around me that was married and kids, so I just went to that something wrong with it. So these tools, like, they're kind of simple, but they work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the thing too is, like, we talked about this tool of who does it belong to. You know, you, we were aware of all of these different points of view that are presented to us in the media that are just present around us, projected at us. How many of you have family members that are constantly projecting at you of, you need a man? And uh, is that actually your point of view? So people think and they tell themselves and they say they want a relationship and they get on the dating apps and they go see the feng shui woman who tells them to wear red panties. But <laughs> I love it. I love what it. I've noticed with a lot of those people is when somebody comes into their life to actually form a relationship, it usually doesn't look like what they expected it to. And then they go, no, 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 this isn't it. Because it doesn't match their the image they've built in their head, the projection they have of what they think a relationship is supposed to be. And so when someone comes along that actually could contribute and create a relationship with you quite often they go not nah. like I'm just going to call it out here and I'm sorry Justine but I remember <laughs> very well when your husband came along and I'm no different you saying hmm, I'm not sure can you help me here 
<laughs> he doesn't, it doesn't quite like meet my picture of what I thought this would be like. No, well, he didn't surf and he, I love oh his snores. He didn't surf. He didn't surf. <laughs> so, I, so I thought I'd be with a surfer growing up on the beaches of Australia. He actually doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> so I, I think if it really wasn't for these tools and if it wasn't for access consciousness, I would not be where I am today. And I am so incredibly freaking grateful for them. Um, but, yeah, because I couldn't see it. It didn't match my image. But I, 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 that making a list of what the energy of what you want rather than what they look like, I really did that in a list. Like what do I want? I want kindness. I want someone that's really thoughtful. And it was all about like I guess qualities rather than looks like I heard that from Gary Douglas years ago and I got so clear on that and everything on that list the kindness and the thoughtfulness is exactly him and in the end that is far greater than anything else in the world yeah I love that idea of making a list and I know sometimes that the list making gets a bad rap but um the thing that I've that I heard someone say once I can't remember who it was but they were saying that make a list of things that you want and also make a list of things that you don't want. So like you desire unkindness or sorry, you desire kindness, <laughs> maybe unkindness. You desire kindness, right? Like you desire the fun and the ease and whatever, like whatever those things are, but then also like make a list of the things that you don't want. Like if you don't want someone that just like comes home from work every day, cracks open a beer and sits on the couch. And if that's what your partner does and you love that, then you go. Um, that doesn't, that wouldn't work for me. So like, that's also like being really clear on the things that you actually don't desire to have is, mm -hmm. is sometimes as important as like making the list of like, he needs to be six, three and a surfer and like all those things. Cause I think that, <clears throat> and maybe it's just me, but like that exercise actually forced me to get more present with what it was that I actually desired because I was looking at the things that like, I don't know. I feel like when you're doing the list of the dream list, it's easy to go into like all of the like dreamy things. What right? it looks like rather than what it could be like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so the other I thing there, Paula, too, with the list, because I love that too. When I make the list and the, the qualities I would like to have in someone, I actually look at that list and go, where am I not willing to be that for me? Mm. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Ouch. Yes. Where am I not willing to be a surfer for me? Yeah, I can't <laughs> swim, Justine. I think it's an Irish thing. <laughs> That's so you, can, you can't swim or you can you can't swim either. No. Oh. That what is... are we gonna do with you Irish people? It's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. So we talked about honor, we talked about allowance. There are five elements though of intimacy in that whole uh group that we talked about. So the the other one is that I'd love to look at is vulnerability. I mean, even if we only got through three of them today, between allowance, gratitude, and vulnerability, oh my gosh, that opens the door to so much receiving um, and really makes life a much more vivid experience of actually being alive. So just for me, I would love to explain what vulnerability is, and it's the willingness to be present with everything and just receive it with no point of view. No point of view really is that allowance piece that we talked about first, but the way it is sometimes described vulnerability is as if you are the open wound, receptive to everything and everything that comes into your life is like a really um, 
intense experience. Mm -hmm. So how does that relate to relationship and how do you have that with you first? Great question. Do you guys have any insight into that? I think sometimes with relationship, again, kind of going back to the list thing, we look at what we don't want or what's right and what's wrong and, you know, what is and what isn't. And we put all these walls and barriers up. And um, when you take them down and you're willing to look at everything, this is the way I look at it as just information and not like, you know, like the surfer one's a great idea. It's only it's a small thing. It's not like a horrible quality in someone. But like when we put all these things up in front of us to filter our choices it skews things a little bit so when you look at vulnerability it's taking away all the things we think things should be and maybe look at it in a different way and again it'll, I'll go back to the way I looked at the list I'm, I might be jumping slightly but I was when I look at what I'm not willing to be for me so that's where what vulnerability opens up is your willingness to look at it because sometimes we can look at it outward rather than look at what we can be ourselves because I think one of the most powerful game changers in relationship and business and in anything is you can actually change an awful lot in your world when you're willing to look at what's true for you and I think vulnerability is a really big part of actually making those changes because sometimes and it sounds a little corny but it's almost as if by magic things will show up when you're willing to change the way you look at things but you can't have those walls and barriers up to stuff um, if that is the route you want to go down if you want to really look at what's going to work for you so that's why I think vulnerability is a huge gift to explore. Yeah, I actually love that. And I love that you led us off with that conversation, Chris, saying that vulnerability is the willingness to be present with like all the things. And I actually, even as you were talking, Mel, I was thinking about places where like my unwillingness to be vulnerable with myself actually like, like partitioned off parts of me that affected how I was in relationship or how I interacted in relationships um, with myself, with other people, family, friends, lovers, whatever that looks like. Because so often like the, the vulnerability like barriers down, like here, here I am, (laughs) you know, and it's like good, good or bad. You're just willing to be like, this is, this is who I am. Not from the resistance, but from the like, yeah, I I know I'm not perfect. And here, here, like you said, the minute you're willing to look at it, you can change it. Um, And so I think what happens so often is we, without that vulnerability, we only can let people in so much because you've sectioned off this part of yourself that you've decided is so terrible. Like, so that's walled off. But what's happening is like, you're cutting yourself off from you, from everyone else, from the world at large. And so again, back to that receiving piece, like you actually limit your receiving. So that willingness to just like barriers down, like here I am, warts and all, um, is actually what invites people that are willing to receive you with no judgment into your life and I think people like those warts do you know what I mean you think people aren't going to like them and they're the very things that people find extremely endearing about you (laughs) yeah and 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 even to to wrap it up Dr Dane here from Access Consciousness always says vulnerability is one of the most seductive qualities Mm -hmm. and it really is it can be scary but it's the most inviting seductive things so yeah don't be afraid to try out these five elements of intimacy they're amazing and we'll be talking about them so much more. I think I it's such a big, um, I was even thinking there about vulnerability. I was like, we could do a couple of episodes on that one. I know yeah. Here we are trying to get through all five of them in this episode, but I have a feeling we're going to have to uh, revisit these. <laughs> For sure. I'm in. Me too. I'll do it. 
All right. Well, thanks everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Whatever your current what, what? relationship, relationship, creationship, singleship, <laughs> whatever it is, we adore you. We're grateful for you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.